you ever wonder? You ever wonder if God really, does he really, I mean, I, I love God. I'm committed to Jesus. You know, I mean, that's what I'm putting myself in your shoes. But does he really know what I'm actually going through? Can, can, he, can he really, can he really, I wonder, I think people wonder, does he see my pain? Does he really know my struggle? Does he care about the times when my heart is breaking? Because if he did care, it seems like he might do something about it because he is the omnipotent God, which means he is the all-powerful God. And if he possesses the power, then why doesn't he use that power to do something about it? We all get there at times. We all feel like, man, God, why don't you do something? And then when something isn't done and we're aware that something could be done, oftentimes we shift into a mode called panic. I would like to address panic today. Finding peace in your panic as I conclude this this short three-part series called There's a Miracle in the House. We're going to deal with your panic today in Mark chapter 4. If you've got your Bible, would you open up there, please? Let me give you a little bit of context as you're opening up to Mark chapter 4. It'll be on the screen. I encourage you to download the YouVersion app. You can get on your device. There's a Wi-Fi here at all of our campuses, and we want you to take advantage of that. But read God's word yourself. Please don't always, don't, don't take our word for it. Read it for yourself and read it in context. So at this point in this story, um, this history that we see where Jesus is hanging out with his 12 disciples, his, his, his group, his posse, his inner circle, right? And he's with them and they are going to experience an unexpected storm. Now there's one thing in life when you experience a storm that you know is going to come. And some of you yesterday experienced an unexpected storm. Uh, it's one thing when you know the storm, when you hear the weatherman say and you can batten down the hatches and you can get ready for it, It's another thing when you're driving along and you see the funnel clouds come down all of a sudden and and, and there's an unexpected storm. And so this is what happens with these disciples is with the friends of Jesus is they find themselves in an unexpected storm. And here's the truth of life, at least what I believe. You are probably in one of three different places. You are probably heading into a storm right now and you're unaware of it. You're probably in the middle of a storm and you're very much aware of it. Or you're probably coming out of a storm and you're thanking God for that. That's probably one of the three places. And so there might be a little bit of a transition time in between them, but life is full of all kinds of of turmoil. It can be very, very difficult at times. And I want to acknowledge that, that these are storms that we don't choose to be in. We didn't ask for this. We didn't ask for the prognosis that baby was gonna be sick. We didn't ask for the prognosis that at the middle of a birthday party for a one-year-old grandson that a grandfather would be so critically injured. These are storms that just happen. Life can be difficult. And I want to talk to those of you that are facing something that you didn't choose today, something that you didn't expect today. And this is exactly where the disciples were. Let me put a footnote on here in this message. I wrote this thing last Tuesday. Mark chapter four, let's look at the first, or the verse number 35, just a couple of verses. That day when evening came, he said, this is Jesus said to his disciples, to his 12 friends, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took, they took Jesus along, took him along as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Let's, let's just stop for just a second. Jesus is gonna, I want you to remember this, 
Jesus is the one who said, let's go to the other side. Jesus is the one who said, let's go to the other side. The other side of the lake, uh, it's also known as the Sea of Galilee. It's about 13 miles by about eight miles. It's a sea that's very much known, kind of like Lake Tahoe, I suppose, known that storms and, and, and gale force winds and so forth can come upon, upon that body of water. And I want you to notice truly that it was Jesus' idea, don't forget that, to go to the other side. So he says, let's go to the other side. And I'm pretty sure that these 12 disciples would not have been happy about that uh, decision that Jesus made. Because on the other side of this lake, the Sea of Galilee, are what's known as a group of people called the Gentiles. And the Gentiles were heathens. They were, they were not liked. In fact, they were hated by the Jewish people, which is what all of these disciples, the friends that Jesus had, were. They didn't want to go over there to those pagan people. They had no desire to go across there. In fact, there were a lot of superstitions in that day. And one of the superstitions was on the other side of the lake is where the devil incarnate lived. It was where the devil was at. They didn't want to go over there. It wasn't their desire to do that. Also, um, they were superstitious about the sea. Now, maybe not all of them, because there were a couple of fishermen in the group, but there was a lot of superstition going on about the sea. In fact, one Bible commentary I read about this week, here's how he put it. He said, the sea was known to swallow entire ships and gulp down people. It was a common superstition to view the water as the abyss where, the, where demons lurked in the deep. The sea was considered the manifestation of the realm of death. And when I first read that, I thought to myself, well, that's weird. I mean, come on, people. But then I thought of the Bermuda Triangle, right? When we, when we think about that, I don't know about you, but if I was to ever get a boat, I don't think I'd go to the Triangle, right? I think I'd like to stay away from that area um, because that's kind of what they felt here. Something's going on in this sea. So verse number 37, y'all with me say yes. A furious squall came up, storm, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So when they got in the boat, trusting Jesus when they got into the boat, a massive storm blows up. And, and it shows us that even if you're a Christian, you're not exempt from storms in this life. Even if you're a follower of Jesus, there is no guarantee that you're not gonna go through hardships. It reminds me of what Jesus says later on in John chapter 16, verse number 33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You're gonna face storms. You're gonna have difficult times, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So the disciples find themselves in the middle of a storm like you do or like you have or like you will. And they're terrified. They're, they're desperate. Listen to me. Whatever illusion of control that they thought they had melted away. You think you're in control until you get the call. Whatever illusion of control you think you might have goes away when storms come. It's just like some people might be feeling right now because you're facing something you didn't choose. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't get a vote in this. Something that's unexpected, something that happens, it's a, it's a storm. In verse number 38, we're gonna read this one twice. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And what they're really saying, I think, is don't you care 
Because if you did care, you would get up and you would do something about it. God, if you cared, you would have done something about this by now. If you cared, you wouldn't have let me lose my job. God, if you cared, my kids, they wouldn't be going through what they're going through right now. God, if you cared, you'd do something about this depression in my life. God, if you really cared, you'd do something about the financial hole that we are going into. God, if you really cared, why did my parents get divorced? God, if you really cared, why am I struggling in a marriage that seems like it's going nowhere? God, if you really cared, why don't you do something? You find yourself in the middle of a storm. I think we can all understand this. I want you to remember two things, just two things when you're in the storm. Number one, you are in the storm with his presence. Verse 38 again. Jesus was in the stern. He was in the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Got any heavy sleepers in the house? Raise your hand if you're a heavy sleeper. Anybody a heavy sleeper? Right on. I think you're anointed is what I think you are, right? So we get, any light sleepers in here? And raise your hand if you're a light sleeper. Usually in a marriage, there's like one light sleeper and like one like heavy sleeper, right? And so like the light, light sleeper, like if you walk across the floor in the living room, four houses over, they like, what, what was that? What was that? right? And a heavy sleeper, like literally somebody doo, breaks in the front door and they, they come slamming in and they set up a drum set and they play it right next to the bed. Ain't, you're not waking up, right? Because you're anointed of God. You get to sleep through. I think Jesus was a heavy sleeper because he's sleeping in the stern, laying on a cushion in the middle of a storm. And everybody else in the boat was freaking out. I don't know. He's, he's, he's sawing logs. He's Z's. Uh, he's, he's dreaming about it. I don't know what he does, but he's sleeping. He's sleeping thoroughly. Remember, Jesus was the one that said, let's go to the other side. Here's what happens. In, in our life, in my life, in your life, we tend to get so caught up in the what of the storm that we forget the who in the boat. We get so caught up with what's going on around us that we forget the who that's actually still with us. And I want to remind you that the who is always more powerful than the what. Always more powerful than the what. Jesus is with you. He is with you. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. He's a friend, he's with you, and he's for you. That's the Jesus that we serve. In fact, all through the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament alike, we're reminded of this. Deuteronomy 31, 6, God, God will neither fail you nor will he ever abandon you. Joshua 1, 9, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 23, 4, the 23rd Psalm, David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not gonna fear any evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Gee, I'm telling you, our God is good and he is with you and he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. So don't get caught up in the what of the storm. Don't forget who is with you on board. Hmm. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. 
He is with you. He is always with you. If someone breaks your heart, he is with you. If you lose your job, he is with you. If you don't understand why something is happening, he is still with you. If you get that phone call, he is with you. If you come home to what feels like an empty house, an empty apartment, he is with you. He is with you. Our God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And Jesus never, ever said, never said that we would not experience storms. He just promised that we'd never be alone in the middle of the storm. So if you're going through something right now, let me remind you, number one, you're in the storm with his presence. And I said, I'd tell you two things. Number two, you're in the storm for his purpose. I said several times now, Jesus was the one who said, let's go to the other side. And I really latched onto this when I was studying this uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, Jesus, in, in other words, the disciples weren't in the storm because they were out of the will of God. They were in the storm because they were smack dab in the center of the will of God. And sometimes we think we're going through a storm because we're out of the will of God. And that is not the truth. Trinity illustrated that so well today uh, to us. It raises a theological question though for me as a pastor and um, uh, a, a, a trying to be theologian and I've got this theological question that I'm grappling with a little bit. Why, why did Jesus allow the disciples to endure the storm? And that's above my pay grade. The answer is I don't, I don't really know the answer to that question, but I'm gonna take a stab at it today. Does that sound okay to you guys? I'm gonna take a shot at this. Maybe, maybe, perhaps, there was something that they needed to learn in the storm that they couldn't learn on the safety of the shore. Now, I'm not sure you're getting this, so I'm gonna say it again uh, because you might really need to hear this. There might have been some difficult things that they needed to learn, and God needed to put them in a place where they needed some more faith, so here we go. There might have been something that they needed to learn in a storm that they couldn't learn on the safety of the shore. Verse number 39. He got up, this is Jesus, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Let me just remind you, Jesus didn't, by the way, the, the intonation that I just used is exactly what the Greek tells us, exactly what the original language says. Jesus didn't say, settle down. He could have, he could have winked. He could have thought it and it would have had to be quiet. But Jesus said sternly, loudly, with a commanding voice, I don't think he did that so the waves would be like, oh, crud, I'm in trouble, right? I, I, th I think he did that because he's, he's trying to set an example to the 12 dudes that are freaking out in the boat with him. And he wanted to show his complete authority, kind of like your child. Mom, 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 quiet, be still, <laughs> right? It's kind of like that thing. Well, maybe that's a poor example, but the wind died down and it was completely calm. What's really cool about this is, is one of the 12 dudes in the boat was Peter. And Peter was a professional 
fisherman, right? Before he became recruited by Jesus to be. And Peter had fished these waters. In fact, it's highly likely that the boat that they were on was actually Peter's boat, right? So that's, that's a possibility. So they're out on the boat in waters that Peter's used to fishing with his generational family who had been fishing for you know generations. And he's certainly seen some squalls before. He's certainly seen some storms before. But even Peter's like, Jesus, wake up, man. We're gonna die. Every one of them was freaking out. But Peter learned something that day. This is amazing. Peter learned that, in fact, Peter stated what he learned later on when he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, I would like you to leave that up for me, please, Marissa. Thank you. Kat, this is Peter And I think that Peter was thinking of this moment when he penned these words, cast all your cares, all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, now you gotta just stay with me for a minute. The word cast that you see up on the screen and in your Bible, it's a Greek word. It's only used two times in the entire Bible. And the other time it's, it's used and it's translated in the word transfer. So it's, it's transfer all your anxiety. Mm. Matt, would you help me for just a minute? Would you? Good, 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 because I'm gonna need some help. All right, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna throw this stuff down. And dear Lord, now I'm gonna have to bend over in just a little bit to pick it back up again. Oh, when you got a bad back, you avoid the bend. Come on over here, Matt. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm just gonna, I decided to do this last minute. I want you to put your head here, body there, lay across here. Come on, man, you can do this. Come Suck it up. He's my son-in-law. He's going to do it. Your head, head here. On your, on, lay up. Face up. Face up on your back. Yeah. Good, good, good. There you go. Mighty God. Mighty God. You're going to have to balance a little bit. I know it's a narrow one. Good. Good. All right. So I want you to press that sucker up. Put, go put it up. You can do this. Just hold it up there. There ain't no drama here. Just hold it there for a little bit. This, this is a... I don't, we don't have the budget to get a real bench press, so we're just going to make do here. But this is a good illustration. Peter says, cast all your cares on him, your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. And some people, some people think, and I've been guilty of saying this too, just, um, just let it go. Just, just let it go. Well, when you've got three or four plates on either side and you just let it go, Matt's going to die. Does that make sense? So Peter's telling us, no, it's not let it go because letting it go is not easy. Letting it go is like the final step in the process of, of, of anxiety getting rid of. But what, what Peter is saying is you're supposed to transfer it. So I want you to do it this way. So go ahead and lower it down. Go ahead and lower it down on your chest. And then I want you to press it up. And I want you to pretend it's like super, super heavy. And you just can't. You just can't. Oh, you just can't. You just can't. And it feels like it's going to drop. Yeah, that's really, he's good at this. Isn't he good at this? I mean, good, right on. Tears are coming down his face right now. Sweat beads are right there. So, and here's the deal. Jesus, and I'll step in that role for a second. Jesus is, is, come on, Jesus is right here and you can't take it anymore. And Jesus reaches out a finger or two and your arms give out and you let go all together and you drop your arms because you're so, you're so, Jesus, you, he transferred all the weight to Jesus. And G, when you transfer it to Jesus, you are absolutely, utterly safe and secure because he's got it safe in the center of the palm of his hand. There ain't nothing that he can't carry that is too heavy for the Lord. You transfer for all your anxiety to him. And you don't have to fear anymore 
Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in this old world. He's got you, buddy. He's got you safe and secure. The one who went to the cross can carry every one of your burdens, every bit of your anxiety. You need not fear. You need not have anxiety, and you certainly need not panic in this life because you are a follower of Jesus Christ possessing resurrection power, the very power that rose Jesus from the grave you've got inside of your bones, and he will take it off. Thank you, Matt. You may go. He will take it all, all from you. Yeah, no, you can't stay there. You got to go. Thank you, honey. I know it's a good word. Because it's not a word from me, right? Praise the Lord. Whatever's burdening you, whatever's making you anxious, the thing that keeps you awake at night, the thing that weighs down your very soul, give it to God. If you're afraid for a relationship, where's this relationship going to go? Give it to God. If you're worried about your children, trust your children to God. Cast all your cares on Him. If you're freaking out about your finances or your business, you just say, God, I need your help. I'm going to trust you with this and I'm not going to be anxious about this anymore. I'm transferring it all to you. If it's a health issue or career decision, you cast all you transfer the weight of your anxiety onto God. Why? Because he loves you more than you can ever imagine. Because he is good, because he is loving, and because he is all-powerful. There is no way that Peter, there is no way. There's no way that Peter, there's no way that you, there's no way that me could have learned what we needed to learn on the safety of the shore. But when Jesus spoke, quiet, peace, one word, and the sea becomes calm as glass. Even the natural has to obey the supernatural God that we serve. Hallelujah. So if you find yourself in a storm, I want to encourage you to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And when a storm comes, and, and it will come, remember you're never alone. The presence of a storm, don't ever let it cause you to doubt the presence of God. You're in a storm with his presence, and you're in a storm for his purpose. Our God cares about every single detail of your life. Maybe you've never heard that before or ever listened to that or absorbed that before. Our God cares about every single detail detail of your life. He cares for the brokenhearted. He draws near to those who are desperate. He's close to those who are crushed in spirit. You might feel rejected, but you are not rejected by God. He is always with you. He is always for you, and he is always good. And you're probably in one of three places. You're heading into a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're just coming out of a storm. Because we live in a broken world that's stained by sin, but just because you're in the presence of a storm doesn't mean you're not in the presence of God. And I declare to you 
today that the same one who rebuked the storm and caused it to go away has the power to rebuke every sin-filled storm in your life. Jesus possesses the power to restore all those who are sick and to heal all those who are depressed and to bring joy to all of those who are mourning and to end your rejection and to wipe away every single tear. And one day, soon, soon and very soon, Jesus, the omnipotent, all-powerful King of all kings and Son of God, is going to look death eyeball to eyeball and say, you can go to hell because I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, even though he dies, he will, he will live again. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, Jesus is going to make everything new. So until then, we gather together as the church in the boat. There it is. Jesus says, get in the boat. We're going to get in the boat. That's why we're here today. So we're, we're in the boat. And he's like, we're going to go there. And you're like, oh, crap. I didn't want to go there. We're going to go there. Oh, and by the way, um, you're going to think that this is unexpected and your perception is I'm in the stern going what did I do what did I do what did I get him into what am I going to do now but I'm just going to be sleeping because when you're with me and when I'm with you there is nothing that is impossible I will lead you and I will guide you in all truth and all all righteousness so we gathered this is the place where you can go when you have nowhere else to go Some of you are here today because you feel like you had nowhere else to go. You're in the safe place today. This, you can belong here before you even believe. I'm going to say that again. You can belong here before you even believe. Belonging is not a, it's a, believing is not a prerequisite to belonging. We want you to believe, but you're going to belong here because we, we, we love. We love who Jesus loves. This is a place where you can bring your fears and your doubts and your 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 rejections and your anxieties, your brokenness. That's what this is. This this boat is all about. This this is a place where you can come and you can meet the grace of God. This is a place where you can encounter love from broken people who need the same grace that you need. We're all just a bunch of crackpots trying to get through this thing called called life. He is the Lord of all. So whatever you're going through today. Let's take our burdens to him, the miracle-working, miracle-making, mighty God. Father, we come together today and we pray. We pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you know the cries of our hearts and that you see the very things that we are enduring. So we, we cast those cares on you. We, we transfer those to you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, who here today would say, Troy, I got I to wait I wonder if he cares. It just seems like too much. Maybe, maybe you're worried about your health or the health, the health of someone that you love. It could be a relationship. It could be a financial situation. It could be anxiety about the future. Whatever it is, whatever it is, we're going to cast our cares on him today because he is a miracle-working God. Because he doesn't want to leave you the same way. Because in, a, in a, one word, he can say to the storm, knock it off, and then it has to settle down. So if that's you today, you're enduring something. You got a burden. You've got to wait. You need help. You don't have to be a part of this church to cry out to God. 
just need to cry out to God. I'm going to count to three today. When I get to three, if, if that's you and you're like, oh, God, I, I got a lot of, I got a need. I got a burden. Something too big for me. And, and like Trinity said earlier, I've, I'm tempted to just keep it to myself, but and you need help and you need God's help and you need, you need people to agree with you in prayer. When I get to three, I want you to stand. Take a stand today. Just take a stand. One, two, three. Just get up. Just get up. The first step to your healing is get up. Just get up. Don't stay down. Get up. Get up. Get up. Hallelujah. God, you see. You see those that are standing. We've got burdens. From the most mature to the to the, to the newest, God. Lord, for the most experienced, for those that very little experience in this thing called Christianity and the church. But we're just saying, Jesus, I need your help. I need your help today, God. So we bring our concerns to you today, God. So what I'd like to do now is if you're standing today, it's because you're serious about this. It's because you're saying, okay, Lord, I've got a need and it's too great for me, but I know that you can do immeasurably more than I can think, ask, or even imagine. So I'm going to bring my need. I'm going to bring my burden. I'm going to cast it onto you today. And so I want you to do this as an example unto the Lord. I want you to come to the altar right now and just begin to say, God, I give it to you. I cast it on you. I transfer this weight to you. God, I ask you for a miracle today. God, I need your help today. Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need your presence. I need your power. God, I need your grace. Jesus, I need your help. We bring it all to you today, God. We bring it all to you today, God. We thank you that you are no respecter of persons. In other words, you care about us all equally. We're all your favorite, God. Today, God, we say we need you. Jesus, we need you. We need your help. We need your healing. We need your direction. We need your provision. God, we need you today. We ask God that you'd help us and meet us right where we're at. Oh, guys, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He'll never give up on you. He's pursuing you and chasing you with an everlasting love. Press in today and say, God, I need more of you. God, I need more. You must increase and I must decrease, mighty God. God, breathe upon me. Speak to my heart. Cleanse me and renew me. Jesus, be the champion today. Speak to the storm in my life. Be still. Be quiet. And God, I will watch the miraculous unfold in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take just a minute. Press in. Give it to God. Transfer it fully to Him as we worship the Lord for just two minutes today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
same Jesus that spoke to the storm and said, peace be still, is speaking to someone's heart right now and saying, I want, I want you to let me in. Please don't run away from the love of God any longer. He's chasing you down. And he wants you to know that he'll never quit. The same Jesus that calmed the storm is the same Jesus who shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven. And if you call upon his name, the name that is above every other name, if you call upon the name of Jesus and you confess your sins, the Bible tells us that he is faithful and just and will forgive you of all of your sins and make you brand new, brand new. In a second's time, in a nanosecond's time, all we need to do is call upon the name of the Lord. So with heads bowed and eyes closed in an environment like this, I can't think of a better moment in time for someone to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and I'm making a complete 180. I'm turning around with your help. I'll live for you all the days of my life. So if that's you, man, you've had an encounter with Jesus and you want, it, you want to just make that known to him today that, Lord, I am not ashamed of you and I give my life to you or I return to you, Lord, because I've gone my own way. But, Lord, I've seen your provision, your power. I've seen what you've done in my life and in the life of those around me. And I give my life, my existence, my past, my present, and my future over to you today, Jesus. If that is your declaration today, and you want to give your life to the Lord, I'm gonna to count to three and you're gonna put your hand up because you're proud and we're gonna pray a prayer and then I'm gonna dismiss this gathering. But I will not embarrass you, but you must make your declaration known. One, two, three, put it up. Just put that hand up. Give your life to Jesus today. Lift it high, lift it high, lift it high, lift it high, man, lift it high. Jesus, we give our lives to you today. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and change my life. I give you my all. Help me to live for you, Lord. I confess that you're my Lord and you're my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. For the dozen or more people, come on now, give the Lord a hand clap today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He is a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. You can depend upon the Lord. He's with you in the storm. His presence is there. You're probably gonna get more out of going through the storm than you ever will in the safety of the shore. And he's, he's, you're on there, you're on the journey for a purpose. Let's go to the other side. Yeah, there's a reason for this. Peter understood the reason because later on he could say, dude, you can cast all your cares on him because I'm telling you, he cares for you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest and may he give you peace. God bless you, New Life Church. Have a wonderful Sunday. Y'all are dismissed. Amen, amen, amen.